No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house. We are here live, so if you want to join the show, you can, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about my favorite subject, taxes and money. Um, we all know that there was a new bill passed for infrastructure, just, uh, well, it's on the president's desk, I guess you would say it hasn't fully passed, but it did go through the House and the Senate, and um, $1.9 trillion. Not a lot about taxes in there. Thank goodness they didn't put anything major. Um, there is a few things, but nothing that's going to be on the day-to-day things that many of us um, are watching for. They're still hoping to pass another bill uh, because they couldn't agree on the total thing. So we'll see if um, they're going to pass a larger bill uh, coming soon. But um, under this particular one, it is more for utilities and infrastructure per se versus some of the other concepts. So um, we'll have to follow and stay in tune uh, with that and see what we do have moving forward. Some of the things we do know that have passed in the um, Consolidated um, Act and some of the other, um, well, the three different bills that we had passed in the last year. Um, And one of them was, of course, I was talking to one of my clients and we were saying, he's saying, well, I couldn't write off any of my meals in the last year or so because uh, you kept saying, well, Friday is not tied to this. And I will say under the newest tax law, they have extended meals for people that are entrepreneurs and business owners. This has nothing to do with individuals, but people that take their clients to lunch or to dinner. Um, they are allowing 100%, which we've never had before. It used to be 50% because either way, they always said that the owner um, would have had to eat one way or the other. But right now they're using a 100% for 2021-2022. One of the few things we'll be looking at when we're looking at reconciling people's year-end paperwork but you may have other questions, tax changes, or things that we're looking to, um, maybe you're looking at your 2021 tax bill and you've sold real estate or you've inherited some property um, or money and you're not sure what you need to use or pay for at that time. We need to be ahead of this. We don't want to be waiting until tax season. And then you turn around and you say, oh, wait a second, I did have this. And oh, you do owe this. We really would like to get that money paid earlier versus later, if that's a possibility, at least have an estimate paid in. So you're not worried about penalties or interest on top of additional taxes. So if you have questions on anything like that, if you are in the situation where you have some, um, you know, I mean, again, I have been talking to many of my clients have sold at least one, if not two rental properties because of the way the real estate market is. And um, there's a large number of people that are becoming more I guess you would say more proactive. They want to be more cash, not so much cash flow, but cash um, at the at this time of the um, of the way the politics and everything are happening. They seem to be moving money up to that kind of situation. And if you have questions on how to prepare for that, or you know what kind of taxes you're looking at, because you do have ordinary income tax on recapture of, of depreciation, and you do have 
capital gains tax on the property that um, you would sell for gains, assuming it's either long-term or short-term. Obviously, short-term is ordinary income. Again, if it's been held for one year and a day, that's considered long-term. And then it could be 15, 18.8, 20, or 23.8. So there's not a straight across the board simple answer on many of these things. We really want to make sure that you understand where you're at in your taxes. Everybody's taxes are slightly different, always have a, a different situation on all those things. So you want to make sure that your information that you have about your taxes is as correct as you're going to be able to get it uh, when you have that uh, situation. Because again, now is the time um, we really do sit down with many of our clients or people that are trying to set up something to make sure that we're in the right place, right? I mean, if we need to um, contribute more to a 401k, well, since that is usually handled by an employer, you need to make arrangements before the last paycheck. If we're trying to defer income, um, if we need to be able to set aside money for an IRA or um, other types of deferred, or if you're doing a conversion from a Roth to, a, uh, I mean, from a standard to a Roth IRA, these, again, many of these are taxable situations one way or the other. You're either going to be able to save tax dollars by doing these type of conversions, or you're going to be able to go the other way and, um, you know, just keep things going with, you know, whichever is going to happen, it's going to still be the way you need it and what you have going. So I just want to make sure you're on the right page that you understand what's going on. So that way you don't have to worry about trying to wait at tax time when it's always a little bit crazier and trying to dig up paperwork and trying to figure, Oh, am I going to need to do this? Did I, should have, I been paying quarterlies? Am I going to get hit with a penalty? Um, those are the, you know, big questions that often come in. Um, and I would say if you are an entrepreneur or a self-employed individual, and you have not yet taken on how you're tracking your expenses, other than a shoebox um, or, or a version of that, meaning you're not actually typing them into a system or you're not actually putting them together in some format, then my personal opinion on all that is you need to start it, right? I mean, there, you, nowadays, there are so many different places that a small business owner can be audited. Right now, we've got several different audits, franchise excise audits, business tax audits, sales tax audits. Of course, that's only on the state side. Then you've got the, the business federal tax audits, um, work comp audits, uh, general liability audits. I mean, these are all the things that are normal and most of them aren't, I mean, I use the word audit, but they're not terrifying audits. If you've done the paperwork and you've done everything to the best of your ability and correctly, you're not going to have to worry too much about what's going to be done, but you do need the documentation. That was the same thing with people that made more than 150 on PPP, right? Or received more than 150. We had documentation that was required. It wasn't that we couldn't get things through, even though in some cases it seems like, eh, we're having a little trouble communicating with whoever is the person that um, they, they keep sending emails out for some of my clients that keep saying, well, we need additional documentation, sign on to this website, we sign on, and we don't seem to see any additional documentation required. So um, we just have to, you know, spend a little more time tracking down those individuals. That being said, you want to make sure you have all the proper documentation, because as you get busier, as your business grows, it's harder to recreate what you don't have to recreate. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you don't have the receipts, you didn't write notes on the checks and you made a check out to cash, but you know, that cash was actually used to go buy a, a piece of equipment or something else, then how do we know that? 
that becomes a non-tax deduction unless you have a receipt or documentation showing it. So it's so important, guys. I know when you're busy and you're starting a business and you're trying to do everything and you have 15 different hats on, I can totally relate to that. But on the other hand, you don't want to be the guy that ends up not doing something and then you get caught up with the IRS and then you're always playing catch up. It's so hard to get ahead once you've gotten behind with like the government and either the state or the federal. So it's better to start the game out the way you want to and move forward the way you should than it is to just keep letting it pile up. If you need help, obviously I'm here. Our staff can help you get your bookkeeping. We are certified QuickBook advisors. We can help you get things organized. We can make sure that we're on the right page and get things moving forward. Um, I do want to bring up uh, any employer, anybody that has their own little business or medium sized business, um, and you have employees, and maybe you do your own payroll, um, or you use ADP or any of the other payroll services out there. Remember, there is still the employee retention credit, it goes through the end of this year, uh, they keep extending it a little bit, but I think it's done. I don't think it'd be extended and you'll have to have it in before that time. So you basically only have until the end of November to get the documentation in to qualify. Now this can be up to $10,000 a quarter per an employee uh, for the first two quarters of the year. In, in, so it, in, you could have received PPP. It's in there's a biggest thing is you have to have had a reduction of more than 20% uh, loss between 20 and 21. Um, and I'm, uh, there are experts out there that'll be able to help you get more, more details on this. But I know a lot of times people kept saying to me when they walked in the office, I like, did you get PPP one? Did you get PPP two? Did you get the grants? Did you get the EIDLs? And a lot of people are like, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I want you to know that this is still one of the few things it's only designed for businesses with employees that are running 941s, 940s, um, you know, paying them through wages. And it doesn't cover the employee, the, the boss or the employer, the owner of the business. This is for true employees, but it does work for some. And you do have to have a loss of income between 20 and 21, I believe. Um, I think for between 19 and 20, it was a 50% loss, but I think they changed it between 20 and 21, only a 20% loss uh, or difference. Um, and it's only one quarter of that time period. So um, for all those businesses that are out there saying they've had a really hard time, they're trying to keep things going, they're barely making payroll and rent. This may be some money that's still out there that you could actually get. Um, if you need more information, you can certainly call our office. We'll be more than glad to help you or at least connect you with someone that is doing that uh, so that they can get it done correctly and make sure that you're getting what you can out of that um, particular benefit that the government is sending to you. So again, if it's uh, called the employee retention, if you have another payroll service, call them up and ask them if they can do it for you or if they have a company that is doing it for them. Um, our service, we, we hired someone to do it because it isn't as simple as people like to think. I mean, we, um, we were not able to successfully do it, but we have found a company that is having success filing it for our our, our clients. So um, I'd be more than glad to share that information. And um, so if you've got a question, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We just finished filing everything for third quarter. Obviously we're already through the first month of fourth quarter. Um, and uh, we only have a few more months and you start getting into holidays and all that. So if you have 
tax situations, tax credit uh, questions, um, tax situations where maybe this year, even if it's going into 2022, something's coming up. Maybe you're thinking about retirement um, or, um, you know, like I always talk about inheritance. It does change things for us. If those are the kinds of things you're thinking about or possibly have out there, then I want you to, you know, give us a call if you need help. Those are available things that we can help you do and make sure that everything is working in the right direction. I mean, that's what this show's all about. I'm trying to be here to help. I mean, this is our 12th year, I believe. Um, we'll be starting the 12th year next, uh, maybe we're still in the end of our 11th year, I believe, um, of doing this show. And one of the things I've loved about doing it, besides the fact that you guys are all still listening, which is totally awesome, is also being able to um, get everything out there to you guys so you don't miss out on opportunities. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to some of your phone calls. Um, you can reach us at 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. We are back here live in studio and we've got a few phone calls, which you guys all know I love and love, I love. Let's go to Alan Spring Hill. Hey, hey Al, what's uh, happening? Hello, doctor. I sold a house that I bought in 2009 in Massachusetts and need to figure out how the taxes are calculated on that capital gains. Was it a rental, Al, or did you relocate and was your primary home? Oh, it was a house that I purchased for my daughter, but she passed away, so I don't need the house anymore. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so theoretically, your daughter lived in it until she passed away, so you never claimed it as a rental. On It was like a second house for you, it sounds like. Yes. Okay, um, so do you remember how much you paid for it back in 2009? Ballpark, yes, you don't have to give the exact pennies. Yeah, 150 Okay, and what did we sell for? 240. All right. So that's going to give us what, about $90,000 profit? Yeah, give or right. take. Um, did you have some repairs My, or updates you needed to do? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I uh, recently spent about $20,000 in uh, upkeep. Okay. And how about, and then we'll still have closing cost fees, which would be probably another 10 or 15,000 that you'd have to pay at the time that you close. So you're probably looking at closer to about 55 to maybe 50 to 55, probably that's going to go in your pocket sure. as far as gains. Okay. Um, do you know what ballpark your income is? I mean, like, do you, are you single or married fest? Married. Income okay. Is 120. And you're, you said how much your combined income is out? 120. Okay. So bottom line is you're looking at 15% tax on whatever that profit be it 60, 50 in that ballpark. So you can calculate mm -hmm. it at 15%. Oh, great. Once I uh, calculate what the uh, receipts I have for the expenses, mm -hmm. I just deduct, add that to the, the, uh, the difference the between the regular 150, the 240, take the 90, and then start subtracting yeah. all your expenses, closing costs, and whatever comes out the very bottom will be what you'll be reporting as gains. Great, 15% roughly. Yep. You got it. That answers my question. Now, should I pay that this year or wait till tax time next year? You would have, I mean, theoretically, because you it, it has, when did it happen? When did you sell? Uh, September. 
September. So I would say at this point, I would probably just make it in. I mean, you have a choice. Wait till January 15th. But if you're going to file before the deadline, you'll be fine without penalty. Great. I'll do it. Hey, Doug, got it. thank you very much. Thanks, sir. Appreciate the call. All right. Let's go to Eric. Eric in Nashville. <clears throat> hey, Eric. Hey, how you doing? I'm awesome. What can I do for you? Well, I filed my taxes in mid-April. And about three months later, I got a, a letter while I got my taxes back. I forgot to sign the stupid thing. And, uh, yeah. I've done it. Not the first Been time there. that's happened. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, they actually owe me quite a bit of money because I claimed my son. Um, and I signed it. And I sent it back. And it's mm-hmm. been like another three months. And I still haven't heard nothing, haven't heard anything. I was just in a call yesterday with the IRS. Um, they did a speaking thing and they said for paper returns, you're looking at a 120 day minimum for us to mail them in. So you have two options. Uh, you could still probably get someone to e-file them for you, but if you want to wait, you're already 90 days into it. So give yeah, it another 30 well days it. at this point, you'll probably be able to see it um, on, and just keep an eye on the system and it will show, right. you know, eventually it will show that they're processing or whatever. Okay. So no easy answer. Pretty much all, well, that's, that's, it's an answer. Now I know. <laughs> all right, mate. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. No worries. Thanks. Bye. All right. All right. Let's hit Ray. He lives in Tennessee. I see that. Hey, Ray. Hey, Dr. Friday. How are you today? I am awesome. How about yourself, sir? I've had better days, I suppose. I've got a rental house that my wife and I purchased about 10 years ago. We've been using it as income property. It's Mm -hmm. been destroyed twice by tenants. So I'm thinking about getting rid of it this time for sure. Yep. Uh, Our cost basis on it was 53,000 when we bought it. We've been amortizing uh, the house for the last 10 years mm-hmm. and claiming the income from it just as regular income taxable income right so then, i've got to spend oh, i'm sorry no i was just gonna say you said you've had to fix it the last two times or whatever twice in 10 years so i'm assuming you've added those and depreciating those additional costs or wrote it off whatever you've you've taken the expense or the expenses on your depreciation schedule for those rebuilds i did on the first rebuild the second rebuild is happening right now Got it. And okay. uh, we won't we won't be through with the construction on it. I've got to put a central heat and air unit in it. I've got to put flooring in it. I've got uh, some plumbing issues that uh, will I guess be counted as improvements, and will add on to the cost basis of fifty three thousand. Is that correct? Hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So uh, we're going to list it for just short of two hundred thousand. So there's going to be quite a bit of capital gains on it. Yeah. What do you think this last uh, repair is going to be out of your pocket ballpark? Just give me a number roughly. Probably around 17 to 20. So that puts the cost basis up to around 70,000. Yeah. Okay. So we got roughly around 70,000. That's 130 K profit in capital gains. What's your ballpark of your guys's income before the rental thing? Idea, you know, Uh, just close before the work we're doing on this house. Yeah, well, what do you bring in like a real paycheck? I mean, we all have rentals, but well, maybe not everyone does, but we, I have rentals, but it doesn't always create a lot of income. But what is your other income or does, do you guys just live off this one rental? No, uh, we've got other rentals that we're, we're okay. keeping. Uh, total income's right at a hundred grand. Okay. So you're looking at, as long as your profit on this thing stays roughly with where you're 
you're at. So everything below 250 total, right? So the capital gains plus your income all being less than 250, you're still at the 15% capital gains. Okay, well, will that be will that hold true for 2022? Because this yeah. thing's not going to be on the market probably till January. Um, unless something changes, as of right now, it didn't pass in the last bill. They were not changing, and even in the conversation of capital gains, they were talking over a million. So we should still be in the same game that we have so far. Yes, sir. Okay, so if we sell it in 2022, I won't pay tax on it till 2023. Correct. That is correct, but I will tell you the the rule is usually 90 days after um, you should probably make an estimated payment. Okay, okay. Just on the capital gains? Just on the capital gains, right. Just on that. And theoretically, I don't know if you want to get out of the game of rentals because it sounds like you're still in. They still have the 1031 exchange, and this could be a good deal for that because you have such a large capital gains. Uh, Don't think I'm going to be buying any more rentals anytime soon. Okay. Well, just throwing that out there. Um, if you, if it was on the table, that would be a direction. Otherwise just calculate 15% figure uncle Sam and you're going to be keeping the rest and you'll be able to do whatever you want and not have to worry about locking it up in another rental. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. No worries. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Let's hit Rosie in Nashville. Hey, Rosie. Hi, Dr. Friday. Love your show. Um, quick question. Um, I read a headline and glance or uh, scan the article about the SALT uh, deduction being raised with the new infrastructure bill. Is that for 2022 and is that final? Well, the Prez hasn't signed off on it yet, but um, since he's one pushing it so hard, um, it will probably be, yes, I think it's going to be final, um, just a matter of days. Uh, but I believe it's going to be a 2022 situation effective um okay unless unless they backdate it i i I haven't had a chance to really read the entire it it says salt deduction disliked on both sides may have another day in congress debate 1.7 spending i don't know if it actually made it into i tried to look at it before the show today um i didn't see where it had any of those but um Right now, it's it's the $10,000. Let me put it that way. Right now, for everyone else that may not know what SALT is, that's our state uh, income tax, your property taxes, your sales tax. And in some areas, you actually have uh, personal T tax that are all deductible for all of us. And that's what she's talking about, where then uh, President Trump lowered it down to uh, $10,000 maximum. And um, they were talking about bringing it back up to a maximum of I don't know, 70 or something. It was a conversation I read, but I I don't think it's actually going to go back there. But you know what? These kind of taxes have always shocked me with some of these spending bills we've got in front of us girls. So um, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I have clients in California and in New York, which both took huge hits because their property taxes are Mm -hmm. more than 10,000, bad enough their state income tax. But um, I'm not sure where the money's coming to pay for all this. So exactly, future taxes. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, because we bunch our um, uh, deductions, and so right. 2022 um, would be ideal. Um, but I was also calling to, to let your listeners know it's on the horizon, supposedly. Yeah. So good, um, good, to, good catch, yeah. Yeah, that's a 
and I am trying to watch on all of those to see if they're going to reinstate, uh, you know, allowing basically the max, um, because I also bunch, I mean, I also do every other year, my total contributions as well as pay my property taxes, um, you know, in mm -hmm. one year, both, both years. So that way I'm able to, to meet the itemizing and not worry about, you know, the years I don't, but, um, exactly. I haven't, so it's going to be interesting to see what they change next year. Yeah. Are you on this year or next year's year? I'm year? actually on even year. So next year would be my year of bunching. This year, I'm not. Yeah, that's how I am too. So it would benefit us because because um, when Nashville had a huge, oh. I was going to say uh, big A, but I can't say that really. The huge tax increase, um, property tax increase, it, it like hit us because we had two years sure. of property taxes over 5000 It was like, oops. So well, it's a problem so. between your sales tax and our property taxes. We're losing on those bunching as well. I mean, I do at least, but exactly. my two, you know, I if I double up my property taxes and um, I maximize my sales tax in those, you know, those years or whatever, I I'm usually always way, not way over, but you know, close to the 13 versus 10. Um, exactly. And I lose 3000 a year on that, but it's still better than not getting any deduction in some years. So. That's yeah, my theory. And maybe next year it'll, it'll help us if it, I, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I wasn't a firm fan of, uh, of reducing it down because a lot of people do have state income mm -hmm. tax a lot higher than when you and I have in Tennessee. But, um, but again, you know, all these things were supposedly ways they were going to pay for these other deductions we have, and now they're making adjustments again. So Rosie, we will just have to find out what they're going to use. And like you say, taxes will go up. There's no question. No question. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Friday. Thanks. Love Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Bye. All right. Uh, can we hit Raymond before the break? I know it's a little tight, but let's see if we can hit him real quick. Hey, Raymond. Hey, how you doing? I am good, sir. Okay. I got two quick questions for you. Okay. One, it, one is uh, I'm on uh, complete social security disability, uh, 100% disability. I get okay. to do social security administration. I received a huge back payment. Uh, that goes all the way back to like 2017. Okay. Uh, we're talking we're talking about twenty six thousand dollars in back payments. Yep. Uh, am I liable for taxes on that? And Not unless you have other income that makes it taxable in the first place. Okay, so I have no income at all other than okay. that. Yeah. Then no, no tax return, no no taxes. Okay, that's beautiful. There. My second question is: Have you heard or do you know of uh, any cost of living adjustments for SSDI? Well, I know that they made one and I thought they make them at the same time. There was a big social security adjustment this last year, right? They, I want to say it's like 4% or something like that, that they adjusted social security. I thought they adjusted it across the board. Okay. I, I mean, don't they know. just came up. Yeah. I started receiving it back in uh, December of last year, January, right about the, the but I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about next year. Do you know of anything? Yeah. Um, as far as I know, um, 2022, it says here, they calculate ARP, blah, 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 coverage. Uh, yeah, that's, so in 2021, the average monthly social security benefits came up by um, 5.9% cost of living, but it wasn't affected until 2022. So they did it based on the next year. That's when that's coming out because they're calling, calling it 2022 adjustment, but it was based on 2021. So you should be seeing one soon, as far as I can see, if it hasn't already. And again, I'm not in these, but they're all advertising it as 2022 social security changes, but yeah, it was based on third quarter of 2021. It was based on third quarter. So it should be coming out now, I would think, if I'm not an expert, right. but I think so. 
Well, that, I consider you an expert, and uh, that, that <laughs> is, uh, I, I, uh, I've, I've read the same stuff, but I've used uh, my, all my back payment to, uh-huh. secure, to secure housing, and it's, it's uh-huh. used, every bit of it was used for housing, and I yeah. have receipts, but you say I have no tax liability on that. None, none at all. That's the only blessing I can give you, sir. You're in good shape hey, there, okay? That, that's a great blessing, and you have a wonderful exactly. weekend. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. All right. We're going to take another break. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. We'll be right back. All righty. We are here back live in studio and the lines are live. That means you can call us right now at 615-737-9986. We will take your call and hopefully have the right answers for you. And I was lucky enough for Ron to call from Lebanon. Ron, you want to give us a heads up? What can I do for you? Yeah, good afternoon. So the the reason why I'm calling is because much like a lot of people that live here in that Tennessee area, we actually moved down from Ohio. And we okay. had a house in Ohio for, I don't know, six to eight months, uh, bought it, ended up having to do a lot of work, foundational issues, uh, driveway needed to be replaced as a result of that, um, code upgrades for electrical and plumbing, a lot of it a necessity <laughs> rather than a, a aesthetics of didn't maybe like how something looked. And then an opportunity had arose down here in the Nashville area. So we ended up selling the house and buying the house here. Um, we essentially bought the house for seventy-five. Ended up selling it for two thirty-five. Um, oh and my concern is with the capital gains. I'm trying to kind of figure out a way to <clears throat> maybe not have to pay so much because we did buy another house with those funds, and a lot of those funds, um, a lot of money was had went towards you know necessities for you know the house to make it habitable so kind of what am i looking at there as far as that goes well i wish you called me before but you know what we're just getting our relationship now so there's not much i can do about it okay so the law basically stipulates you could have done what's called a 1031 exchange now was this your primary home in ohio or yeah yep okay it was your primary home and you had to relocate here for work correct Okay. Um, there is an exclusion to the usual, um, two year out of five year, um, relocation situation, um, exclusion. So I have to look it up real quick, to be honest with you to find out, but I'm hoping and crossing my fingers and toes here that we could actually get you under that because, um, one of the exclusions is someone getting sick and having to, you know, be hospitalized. The other one is, um, relocation for jobs. So if we can get the relocation exclusion on home sale, then what will be is you won't have to meet the two-year exclusion and we can show that being sold. And then, um, basically you would have the $500,000. So you would be fine, right? The 75 to 235. You said you were married, right? Yep. Okay. Thought I heard you say that. Want to make sure I wasn't making that up, making you married when you weren't. Um, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) Uh, so I, um, 
you know what, um, probably not to, to make sure we meet the eligibility test for that exclusion. There's a couple things that I don't want to do over the phone, but if you want, I'm going to give you my email. And if you want, okay. you can email me or call me on Monday and we can do that. I think you will qualify. Um, I mean, just okay. from this very short, I mean, it's not too complicated, but there's a couple things in there. I don't know about and don't want the world to know about until we talk about it. But my email is Friday at drfriday.com or my phone number is 615-367-0819. And those will be repeated in case you're driving down the road and you cannot write them down. Um, but if you want to give me a holler, I think you will meet the automatic uh, exclusion that happens when people okay. have to relocate. But just in case, I, I don't, you know, so otherwise, to be honest, if we don't meet that, you're going to end up paying tax on that 160 grand as short-term ordinary income. Okay, so just to confirm it's 615-367-0819. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Okay, thanks. Appreciate you. All right. Yes. And there's always these little loopholes within loopholes, but sometimes you got to make sure you meet those loopholes. So um, anyone that may have had that same kind of situation and you, this only applies to primary homes, guys, this wouldn't have applied if you had a rental property and then you turn and put money back into another rental property. That's when the 1031 exchange would have happened and you have to deal with that particular situation. But um, what we're trying to do is preserve that uh, sale of your qualified home and the $500,000 exclusion that we might be able to take out earlier because of having to relocate for work. Um, so if we can get that on there, that would be so awesome. Um, and even if we have to um, carry some of that over to the next, that would be great. So anyways, if you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio taking your calls. If you've got questions like, uh, like these gentlemen and women like Rosie, Rosie was smart enough to be checking out that bill that's, uh, that we know is coming uh, very quickly. Again, I don't know. I know Biden, at least at last I had checked, Biden had not signed it, but I think we have every expectation that he is going to sign it since he was the one pushing for it to be done um, as it was. So um, hopefully we'll get a better detail of, I always love it when they put all these things out there, they say, oh, this is what the, the bill is or whatever it is. And then we turn around and we're like trying to find all these little hidden tax situations or anything else that might be um, coming in there as part of all this, like the salt tax being increased in 2021 or 2022. I would be really curious to find out if they're going to backdate that because I know there's a, quite a few people that would love to see that backdated. But again, you know, it's nice to be able to say that I would love all the taxes to be in my favor. I would love never to have to deal with this, but in all honesty, I mean, we only collect something like, um, again, I was on a phone call the other uh, yesterday with um, some representatives from the IRS and they were talking about 2019. I believe it was um, like three or $4 trillion in taxes. We spent that already twice almost over if you consider all these different bills from COVID and everything else. Um, and that's per year. And that includes all of our other budgets and things that we have. So I am dying to find out how much and how they're going to pay for this newest um, tax um, bill and you know what it's going to come into. So they're talking about um, expanding it, obviously, under this bill 
to $72,500. But yeah, I'm wondering if that's what they're going to say the gross income has to be to be able to qualify for SALT or something. So we'll find out. Um, Let's see. Sorry, Alan's called. Let's see what I can do for Alan. Yeah, uh, the reason, th thanks for taking my call. I appreciate your show. And uh, the reason I'm calling is uh, we own a home, uh, and uh, we our annual income is around, oh, 48, maybe a year. I'm on okay. disability. And uh, I'm on disability, but my wife, but anyway, uh, should, we be get, should we be getting the benefit of, I mean, uh, some kind of uh, tax break or get something for owning a home no they don't actually have the only thing i can think of the your income and you may already be doing that um there is the possibility and again your income might be too high but they do have some uh the counties or the city depending on what you live in or if you live in both um do have property tax sometimes you can get breaks on the property taxes with lower incomes or you know if you're living solely uh, or uh, and in, in, with disabilities and things, Alan. But uh, as far as on the IRS or your federal taxes, there is really at this very minute, not a lot of benefit to owning a home. Uh, that's a little bit what um, Rosie and I were talking about because itemizing has become very difficult um, under the current yeah. tax law, right? I mean, and again, I'd rather not have to spend, you know, whatever $12,000 to get $12,000 on my tax return. Um, but um you know, for married couples, it's like, okay. and if, depending on your age, it's anywhere between 24 and $26,000 you have to have, you know, before you can itemize. So um, not a benefit, but then it doesn't really cost, you're not losing anything. You're still getting all of that standard deduction. So when you, put, uh, when, you put money, when you put money into a home, like build things or something, or they don't give you a deduction for none There's of that. nothing really there. There is a few energy credits that still have been reinstated. Um, you'd have to look and see if any of those apply. Right. But other than that, it just adds to the value of the home. So when you sell it, you now have a better asset. I mean, okay, that's what the well, way they look at it. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, let's hit Tina real quick, and then we'll take a break. Hey, Tina. Hey. Um, I've got a question. Me? My father passed away in 2014, and I inherited his house and his property. Um, I, we closed out his estate, I guess it was in 2016, finally, and we did, you know, what we believe the house and property was worth, and I paid taxes on that for inheritance. So I had heard that Biden wanted to take inheritance, and if you decided to sell that, you would not pay capital gains on at the point where you paid the inheritance tax, but from the initial part of where they bought it uh, originally. Right. So uh, in all honesty, unless your father, I mean, he passed away in 2016. So unless he had over like $6 million in assets, you didn't really pay any tax unless it was on like an IRA or because we have a step up in basis on land and, and all that. What Biden's talking about, it's a great question you have, Tina. What he's trying to do is when your father passed away in 2014, whatever that property was worth at the time of his passing was what you have as a basis. That's what it was worth. And, you know, he may have paid 50,000, but when you got it, maybe it was worth 250,000 and there was no taxes due between the 50 and 250. Biden wants you to pay tax based on the 50,000 that your father originally paid on it. We would have no idea what your father really paid for it, to be honest. I mean, a lot of times those records are impossible to find. Um, you know, people have lived in these homes or even built these homes 
Um, so there isn't really an original purchase prices available to individuals. That's why they came up with this step up in basis in the first place, um, you know, trying to give people a benefit. So you are right. I mean, you would have ended up paying a lot more in taxes because, you know, assuming your dad didn't just buy the house right before he passed away, but had owned it for a number of years. Uh, Tina is correct. It was there. I think we lost her, but hopefully I answered her question. We're going to take a quick break here and you can join the show if you've got a question on that or any of the other additional tax questions you might think about. The phone number here is 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. All righty, we are back here live in studio and we're going to head right back to the phone lines. We have John. He's been holding for a little bit. So let's see if I can help John. Hey, John, what can I do for you? Good afternoon. How you doing? Um, good question. I have an elderly uncle that I've recently moved down here. I've been living in Tennessee now for 10 years and I had some elderly family come down. Now, I, I'm power of attorney and I sold the house back up north and uh, brought the money down here. Now, I put it in part of it into um, another house that I plan on flipping. Now, I, I want to know, you know, I, we have a bank account with me and him on there. So what I really want to know is the money that I moved down here, what am I responsible for? You know what I mean? Yep. On the tax. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Okay. So Forrest, you're from the East Coast. No question, John. People think I have an accent. Well, boy, you do too. Um, all right. So that being said, love, you, um, the house that you sold up in, in the East Coast or whatever, was that someone's primary home until they moved here? Was it a rental? What was that house that was sold up there? Yep. It's been a family house for 60 years. Okay. And so um, was someone living in it the last two out of five years? Yep. Yeah, he was living in it and, you know, it came to the point where he couldn't take care of himself anymore and me being the only surviving relative right. had to go up and take care of the situation. So, okay. like I said, I, I took the money and I came down here and, you know, now I'm sitting on it, cash right. and also a property that I just purchased. So, so I want to know now come tax time, where am I? You okay, know, so what... The answer to that is really quickly on that home. How much was the home originally purchased for? Or I mean, it's sixty years. So, do you have any idea what yeah. that original home was? Cheap as I want to say, twelve thousand dollars, fifteen. You know, it was yeah. early. 50, I mean, sixty years you know, ago, right that actually World was a decent yeah. income. And I'm assuming yes. some upgrades had to be done in sixty in sixty years, correct? Or yes, no, not really. Well, it was when I left. It was a gut. It was just okay. trashed and then how much did we get for it when you sold it i sold it for 280 okay so we basically have um here's the deal the person that was living there would have had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar exclusion plus the twelve thousand dollars so that's 262 there may be a small amount of capital gains unless there was some sort of receipts or something you might be able to pull up that would show where they did massive or at least Twenty or thirty thousand dollars worth of repairs, and that may not be able to be done. And you may just have to use the five, the two hundred sixty-two against the two hundred eighty, and pay tax on the difference. And this would be on, was it your uncle? Yes, ma'am. Your uncle's tax return. Okay, 
So but, but now I, I have that money and had that money in, in the bank account, just ping, put it right in there. Now, you, you know, when you have 200 and it wound up after everything and liens and stuff, I had mm-hmm. 250 in the bank. Now, okay. you know, come tax time again, because my name is on it, am I responsible as well? You know what I no, mean? Because I'm a power no, of attorney. A, it, right. It's only his. I mean, this is his primary home. You're just basically being his representative. So you need to make sure he files taxes. He may owe zero tax if he has very low income, up to 50000 he can make and pay zero on capital gains. So, you know, right. all in all, there might not be a lot of taxes due, but you want to make sure that someone files his 2021 taxes, reports the sale of this home along with whatever Social Security or other incomes he has, um, okay. and then, you know, pay whatever taxes are due. And then whatever's left in the bank would be money that you can invest. Now, theoretically, you're managing it for him until he passed away and then leaves it to you as inheritance. But, um, you know, I'm just saying the money you're you're um, growing or investing and doing things is really just managing it for him at this point. Um, and then right. at that point, once it's once it gets to a certain dollar amount or whatever, I mean, um, he can gift you $15,000 a year. But other than that, you would have to do a gift tax return. It may be a zero tax situation. But that would be something you'd have to, you know, consider and talk to an attorney and making sure that um, he's of right mind. But you're the last living relative, so it's probably not going to be a lot of so, difficulty. Yeah. So this wouldn't be a, just a go to H&R Block. I'd be I'd want to go and talk to someone who specializes in it. Right. You know, because I would think you want to go simple. to someone like, you know, not to say myself, but someone that has do taxes for estates and for, yeah. um, you know, any of those type of things. Mm-hmm. H&R. I mean, again, I, I mean, there are times when H&R Block is perfectly fine. But I think anytime you get into those kind of questions, you really would need at least a level two or level three H&R Block person. And if you if you're attached to that firm. Great. That's great. Because, um, you know, I, I like I said, I love your show. I listen to you guys all the time. And no I'm like, wow, I I'm, I have the perfect question. And you really helped me out a lot. And, <laughs> well, and thank you. Take, I appreciate taking you a lot of stress off of me. And uh, thank you for your time. I, I totally no appreciate it. Thank Thanks. You, Appreciate you, John. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, guys, this is pretty much the end of the show. So again, if you want to reach me on Monday morning, you can certainly do that. My phone number is 615-367-0819, 615-367-0819. You can also email Friday at drfriday.com, friday at drfriday.com. And for some of you that really have no idea who this crazy person on the radio, you might want to check me out on the web at drfriday.com. That's drfriday.com. Friday is actually my first name for all of you that are sitting there going, why does she keep saying Friday, Friday, Friday? That was my daddy's fault, not mine. So again, Friday is my first name, Friday at drfriday.com, 615-367-0819, or check out the web. We are getting ready. If you are a current client of ours, you should be receiving an email or a phone call from my assistant. Uh, We are booking uh, for 2021 tax season or 2022, whichever way you want to think about it. And then we'll take it from there. If you've got other questions, you can do that. I lost my time clock. So um, we'll be able to keep working and moving forward. Um, And if you've got questions, give me a call 615-367-0819. I really hope you guys have an awesome Saturday. And I hope you guys uh, get ready to start enjoying the new season. Thank you, boss. Um, Christmas is coming around the corner. Getting ready to put my Christmas lights up. Cop you later.